really quite surprised with that. Uh, so that segment will probably be a, a snooze fest. Um, you know, they're putting a lot into it. I'll give them credit. I don't fault the uh, people, uh, the wrestlers, at all in this. It's just a very bad written storyline piece. Uh, where did this come from? You know, it was just so left field. Uh, everyone hates it. So, uh, it is what it is, I guess. But, yeah. So, let's see, what have we got else besides that? Uh, la 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 la. You know, I'm not, not seeing much else here except the big. Eric Rowan challenging Seth Rollins. Uh, Rowan drafted to Monday Night Raw. Here's the strange thing was that, in my opinion, this was a big draft. Um, They did not make a big deal about it. But you have a guy who just whipped Roman Reigns' ass, who's had a really big showing on SmackDown the last several months, really. And they haven't used the guy at all. And then out of the blue, you just throw that out there. Just throw it out there. Oh, yeah, by the way. Uh, so hopefully they're going to use Eric Rowan. I don't know. I don't know what they got planned. But uh, I, I would be fine with an Eric Rowan, Seth Rollins feud. Uh, why not? You know, he was used pretty well in, on SmackDown, so. I would be okay with it. I'm not sure what we'll see from this match, if we'll get any anything from a, a Fiend showing as well. Um, we didn't last week. So, yeah. I'm not quite sure. Raw seems to be kind of, you know, I'm sure there'll be quite, quite a bit more. Uh, there has to be. It's a three-hour show. But I think the biggest question is, what else will they have? Got to be some filler in there. You would think. Um, look through this list here and see if there's anything else. And I really don't see anything else. <coughs> so, uh, yeah. Card always subject to change, of course. We're, we're quite a few hours out still. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see where Monday Night Raw goes. Uh, any continuing storylines, really, that that we've had on Monday Night Raw? I mean, I can't think of any, to be quite honest. Uh, it seems like everything's still kind of building. Uh, of course, we have uh, the OC... AJ Styles, he's the Intercontinental Champion. We're supposed to get a uh, battle royal at uh, Crown Jewel to see who's going to face AJ for the IC title. And I think this is a this is a pretty good idea. I wish they would do the battle royal on Raw beforehand, but uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, I, I have to expect if this is the case, it's going to be some uh, local Saudi wrestler who's going to win. Uh, similar to what they did last time. And uh, I, I question that logic. You know, if these guys ever make it to the main roster at all, or NXT even, uh, they, have, they have big shoes to fill if they've already, you know, if there's like Mentor, they already won this big aspect with all the other, you know, well-known stars. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I just I don't have a lot to say about WWE right now. You know, I'm I'm waiting for some major storylines to develop. Unfortunately, all we have uh, right now on Raw is the Rusev Lana whole thing with Bobby Lashley. Of course, Rollins and Bray Wyatt. Um, the Hogan Flair thing has taken up a lot. A lot of space lately. 
and it would be fine if this is uh this continues on in some regard after uh, Crown Jewel, but you have to wonder what's the payoff. <clears throat> so far I don't see much payoff anywhere. Uh, I think it could be a good stepping point for someone like uh, McIntyre to, to up his game. Um, I think Corbin is good. You know, he's got his kingship. He's got um, a pretty stable position right now on the card in general. You know, we've seen Corbin use quite quite a bit, sometimes well, sometimes not. I'm not sure where the Braun Strowman, Tyson Fury thing's going. Uh, I hate to think that they're actually going to put Fury over. But who knows? Who knows what they're doing? I don't think they know what they're doing. Uh, it's it's sad in a lot of ways. Of course, Braun Strowman's on SmackDown now. It's sad in a lot of ways because there is a complete lack of storylines going on at the moment. And, uh, you know, we have such talented ta- guys over on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Andrade, Aleister Black, McIntyre, Corbin. Uh, you know, none of these guys seem to be really highly featured at the moment. Uh, not to mention it. Everybody over there is talented. Everybody in the company is really talented. So it's just a shame we're not seeing anything major storyline building going on. Uh, I guess the biggest question is, come Crown Jewel, who's going to walk out as champions? You know, do you use this as a standoff point to to reevaluate the direction you want Monday Night Raw to go in? You could literally put the icy title on anybody at this stage. You put it on our truth. You could put it on whoever, honestly, and, and actually put it on somebody that it it would help elevate. It doesn't do anything for AJ Styles. Uh, the only thing that works there is if. Um, AJ puts somebody new and young over with the icy title. Um, that that could help, you know what I'm saying? But if if we're not, you know, say Ali, if if AJ puts Ali over, of course it's going to raise Ali stakes a little bit. Um, but just you know, Ali as the Intercontinental Champion is going to raise those stakes. So you know, I would like to see it on somebody like that. Um, AJ being title, you know, world title contingent, universal title contingent again, where he should be. Speaking of the universal title, what happens? Do you put it on Bray Wyatt? I mean, Bray, of course, is over on SmackDown. But do you put the title on Bray and then uh, work it out from there? who is going to represent Raw to uh, take the title back. Are we going to get something between Eric Rowan and Bray, maybe? You know, since uh, Rowan is facing Seth Rollins tonight. Maybe we'll get something going on there. Um, I don't think we'll put the title on Bray. I think it's uh, obvious reasons. Uh, I would like to see it happen, though. Unfortunately, if they put the title on Bray, that would also mean that uh, it's going to be short-lived, in my opinion. Unless they're going to move the WWE title to Raw. Uh, But who knows? I I don't know. I I couldn't tell you, really. Uh, It's so wishy-washy right now. As it always is, uh, I expect Seth to walk away champion. Still, 
much as I hate that. Uh, Seth Walkway champion, you know, then uh, you go from there. I think the question is, is Seth a good champion? And uh, my answer would be no. He was built super poorly leading up to this point. Uh, He's been mouthy on Twitter. Uh, He's drawn a lot of irate fans, except for his stands. So, I mean, in in all honesty, I don't think he is a strong champion. I really would have gone with uh, my idea of having him be more Macho Man-esque with Becky Lynch and building off that storyline. Since they wanted to go there, uh, he's been very vocal about other companies, other people, other wrestlers, how great he is, how great WWE is. And that's all fine and dandy, but it comes to a point where, like, the wrestling fans are smarter than what some wrestlers seem to think. That's how it feels. Uh, and that Seth just isn't up to par with, like, you know, he can't just say things with a wink and a smile and expect everybody to go along with it. Uh, especially in today's modern, you know, social media aspect and everything. So, yeah, I, I think putting the title on someone else would be the best bet. The question is who? Do you go with a face champion or do you go with a heel champion? Uh, it's Sometimes it's always best to have somebody chasing the title. I think, this is my opinion, the two people that I would go with would either be King Corbin or Drew McIntyre. Uh, Corbin seems to have his own thing going on with the kingship. I think that's what we'll see. That remain for quite a while. Uh, McIntyre is not an awful choice to strap. Uh, you get a lot of fresh, interesting matchups out of McIntyre. A lot of good feuds. Uh, but then again, you have very strong heel characters, upper-level heel characters, uh, wrestlers, to work with. So... Maybe going with the face isn't that bad of an idea. Uh, it just depends on how they can raise the game. Uh, you know, Samoa Joe is always a safe bet as well. Whether you bring you in as heel or face as a champion, you could always uh, easily turn the guy, in my opinion. Especially if turning him face, starting him off heel and turning him face. Uh, the fans love Samoa Joe be an easy thing to do, get a couple of face feuds in there with him, and then turn Joe uh, face himself, and and pick up off that point on your your top top heel guys. I think that's going to do it for now, that's that's just my little pre-show thoughts um, off of what uh, the list I've seen so far. Not a lot to work with for me today, but I'm sure I will have plenty to say after the show tonight, and uh, hopefully I can get this out to you guys uh, tomorrow, or at least late tonight. Uh, still got to put the upload to SmackDown one, actually. All right, that's going to do it for us. Stay tuned. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Alright, so I uh, finished watching Monday Night Raw, and, um, well, you know, it seems like there's some criticism out there justly given. They, uh, I'm not sure what's going on with their formatting. They seem like they've always had formatting issues 
or um, booking issues as far as the order everything goes in. The main event is never the main event. And, um, you know, we start off raw with Paige talking about how she brought us the Kabuki Warriors. And uh, an interesting note here, you know, the Kabuki Warriors come out and we get we get the apparent heel turn that should have happened like three or four weeks ago when the heel turn kind of it, you know they just started wrestling as heels and they they just started acting heelish and um we've had heel kabuki warriors for for a little while now and page has been absent and now that page is back and I, you know, I, I can't call this a, a complete completed heels turn as uh, they've already been heel. So again, now we have a heel turning heel turn thing happening, just like what happened with Bailey, and um, it misses its mark. Honestly, uh, there's no surprise. There's no shock value. There's no emotional payoff. For um, a heel Asuka to do this to Paige now. So right off the bat, start Raw with a, uh, uh, a what the fuck moment. Uh, and then Paige selling of the Green Mist was horrible. She's saying it stings. I can't see. It stings. Get to me some water. Get me some water. I can't see. But then keep her away from me so you can see that Asuka's right there, but you can't see. But I need water. Horrible. Of course, that goes into the Becky Lynch, Kyrie Sane match, which everybody was pumped up for. So I feel like they just watered it down a bit with this this non heel turn moment. In the opening, which didn't need to happen since Paige has been gone. She's been gone. She's out of sight, out of mind. This should have happened about six, you know, four weeks ago. Um, so you're too late. There's no point in doing it now. Um, the match itself, I thought, was, was pretty decent. As big as it was hyped. I'm just flipping through it here. Um... Uh, you know, as big as it was hyped last night or, you know, the last week and then everybody was excited last night for this match and everything, I felt the payoff sucked for the match. Uh, so now what? Is it, is it it? Is it over? Becky has avenged her loss to Kyrie Sane and, um, you know, she took out Asuka right before the finish and then Asuka and Kyrie didn't do anything after the match. Becky offered a handshake, you know, feigned one anyway, and then more or less flipped Kyrie off. Kyrie just kind of kicked her hand away. Asuka sat on the apron. That was it. That was totally it. You would think Asuka would attack, spray some more mist, distract her enough that Kyrie could do something, but nothing, nothing happened at all. Uh, so to me, there was no payoff in this match. It was just Becky avenged her loss. I don't expect we'll get anything else out of this, um, which is a shame. You know, uh, we get a hype video for the divorce court. We get Truth come out, talks about how he's going to get his title back. They've played up the was there two of them? They're they are brothers. They've played that bit up so much. Uh, I don't think the crowd is even into it anymore. Um, which is sad because the truth gets the crowd going. Uh, then we get what appears to be a Buddy Murphy versus our truth match, uh, which on paper sounds like it would be great. Here's a real good moment to either jump fire truth or really show people what you know, Buddy Murphy is all about. We haven't seen um, a lot from Buddy Murphy, but what we have seen has been great. So, uh, 
this was a moment to really put Buddy Murphy over, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think they failed to do that. You know, this quickly, as truth matches have been for like the last good bit, quickly turned into a 24-7 uh, spot. Everybody's running around the ring. Truth starts running around the ring. Buddy Murphy hits a knee when he rolls back in um, with a cheap win. And um, Truth just rolls back out of the ring, goes back in chase for the title. It just fell short to me. Uh, we get AOP saying the same shit for like the fifth week in a row again. But hey, you know what? It's okay. It's a water break. And it's better than, you know, just fighting a bunch of jobbers every week. Uh, which is what's going to happen. Up next, after that promo uh, or vignette, we get a promo from the Street Profits, which just made no sense at all. You've got one of the hottest tag teams out there at the moment, as far as, as the crowd behind them, especially in WWE. Fans are behind this team. Even after the horrible Raw vignettes they've done for like three months now, they get in the ring and they cut an awful promo. And it's not that these guys cut bad promos. It's just poorly written. Uh, I don't know who was writing their stuff in NXT. If they were writing their stuff in NXT. But, man, it's bad. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's bad. It's bad. I could go into further details, but it it just comes to like an awkward finish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Then we get the a bit from Team Hogan, Team Flair stuff. Um, it's. I would like to have seen something different here. I know the rematch and the whole, all the shtick, but I would like to have seen something a little more on the line for this. Uh, we get McIntyre and Ricochet again, and I will give these guys credit this week, man. Whatever off day they had last week, they did good this week. Uh, great match, and it, it even seemed like the crowd was really into it. Um, but the finish was a little quirky for me personally. Um, the finish where we see that Ricochet may actually come out on top. Uh, this time, I'm guessing it's a DQ finish since Randy Orton ended up uh, jumping out. And the problem with Orton is this. WWE made him a celebrity. So even as a heel, he's getting cheers. Uh, not just that, the, the RKO has been put over so huge that um, everybody's cheers when it happens. So, again, an awkward finish. Orton comes out, hits the RKO. Um, and it, to me, this was a, would have been a better, like if you had Orton come out and then Ricochet get out of the RKO, uh, then they get he gets double teamed for the finish and then have somebody else run out for the save uh, would have been a much, much better finish for this match. I'm not even 100% sure who is on Team Hogan besides the Shorty Gable, Shorty G, whatever his name is now, Roman Reigns, uh, of course, Ricochet. I'm missing somebody. I'm not sure who. But somebody should have run out from the back. Or maybe even tease Hogan getting into the ring um, to save Ricochet. Because they did a lot of tease up Hogan and McIntyre standing off against each other in this match. Um, that could have been something big. Instead, the match ended with McIntyre and Orton and Flair standing in the ring. And, and pretty much, uh, you know, the heels... The heels kind of got heat, but there was really no heat on the heels because the fans were cheering the RKO. So, uh, 
I feel like this was a bad bad finish to be quite honest uh, Arcalo looked devastating I'll give him that Ricochet sold like crazy but when you have I think I'm showing on the replay these fangirls cheering because Orton's coming out there um, wrong choice your heels should be booed give me that your money your choice bullshit heels should be booed uh, then we go, they're pushing uh, Umberto Strong. We go to uh, the club and Umberto little segment. Get that match set up for the for the night. Um, let's see what else is next. Oh, if you blinked, you missed the, uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions defending their titles against the number one. Oh, wait. No, they weren't defending them against number one contenders. Or any tag team that's on Raw, they were defeating them against a bunch of jobbers that were in baseball outfits. As always, the Viking Raiders fought nobody. They fought a bunch of jobbers. And why is your tag champs fighting jobbers? That's what I'd like to know. I, I do you not have enough tag teams. Is that the problem? I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why. Why it just it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, we move to clips with Lashley and Lana. Um, then we get strangely enough, we get Adrade versus Sincara again, but this time in Sincara's corner is Carolina, and. Uh, yeah, she's there to have Sin Cara's back. I don't know if she's a permanent fixture or I, I I don't know what's going on with this idea here. This is the uh foil to uh, Zelina Vega. And uh essentially it's it's all for the one spot to finish. Zelina Vega goes for the Hercarana. Uh Sankara's friend reverses it to a, like a powerbomb on the outside and Andrade rolls Sankara up for the win. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, we are showcasing Andrade as having very competitive matches against Sinkara still. And I mean I, I don't want to diss Sinkara here because I like Sinkara, but this guy is uh a jobber at this stage. He's he's been a jobber for quite a while. Uh or just enhancement talent if you will. And uh to show that Adrade is having competitive matches with him lowers Adrade's value. You know, we we should be getting Adrade in upper card matches. And I don't know if you want to call this upper card just because it's, you know, on the later end of the three-hour mark. But um, it's not. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say at this stage where talent just doesn't seem to be getting used. Uh, at least in the right way. Um, we have a whole slew of undercard guys that aren't getting used. And then the the ones that seems like should be getting used the most are, are just fighting jobbers. Uh, doesn't make much sense to me. Then we get this thrown together match of uh, Charlotte Natalia versus the Iconics. Okay. I, I, I don't... I have no idea what this match was for. Um, when, I mean, are, are Charlotte and Natalia, are they going to make a run for the titles? Is that the idea here? Or, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, yeah, beats me. I don't know. It is what it is. Um, of course, Natalia picks up the win. I, 
I don't know. I mean, if if there's a reason, if there, we had some kind of something for this, it would have been nice. Uh, of course, we get a fired up Seth Rollins promo, so there's that. Um, addressing The Fiend, addressing Eric Rowan. From the start of the show, they've been pushing Eric Rowan, former Wyatt family member. And, uh, yeah. I don't know why you want to push that when Eric Rowan has just come off storylines of he is his own man. They may look like Bray Wyatt sent Rowan to do some damage. Uh, I had high hopes for this match. Uh, this promo in and of itself was bewildering. You uh, have Rollins addressing some of, uh, you know, he can't beat the Wyatt. There's, you know, the whole ordeal with the pay-per-view. There's burning down the funhouse and the funhouse is back. Uh, <clears throat> it was just strange. It's not necessarily a good strange. Uh, the match with Rowan... I gotta tell you, I, I was a bit let down. It, they wandered out into the arena. They wandered out backstage, back into the ring. Um, and that was just how this, this was addressed as a false count anywhere match. I don't know why. Um, like I said, this is the first they've used Rowan. So there's there's no establishment here. You know, He didn't attack Rollins last week or anything. Um, yeah. I'm I'm at a loss for words storyline wise. There's it's just like a huge plot hole. Um Rollins ends up beating Rowan by using a forklift to trap him. Um there's no heat to this match whatsoever. Um it seems like it's just used as a way to say, look how badass Rollins is. Um which we didn't need. Honestly, we didn't need that to come off of this. Uh, they should have used this to build our growing up, in my opinion. Uh, if you could have had Rollins trying to pin him with this, you could have had Rollins pin him with a forklift. And then after the fact, Rowan pushed the forklift off himself or something. Something to get heat with the, with the fans, with everyone else, to show that Rowan is, is a, you know, a contender. I think... This was a good back and forth match up until the finish. Um, but what are you going to do with Rowan from here? I, I think personally, if, if they had had Rowan attack Rollins last week, had the match set up somehow, Rollins wanting retribution or something, demanding a uh, false count anywhere match or something like that. Um, you know, Rowan attacking him backstage, maybe leading up to that. Maybe it would have made more sense. Uh, and then having some sort of feat of strength. I mean, essentially, when you look at Rollins, Rollins, and a Rowan should be what Strowman never was, if we're honest about this. You know, Strowman, the crowd took to him. So, I mean, they turned him face. Um, Rowan is a perfect heel in this, he's a monster heel. Uh, we should be getting this now. They've had a good build on SmackDown for this. Um, so I hate to see them lose that on Raw. Uh, but this, yeah, no heat come from this match, in my opinion. Uh, it could have been done, a, a lot more could have been done with this. Uh, it was quite a long match too, but it was not the main event. Um, I mean, at this point, we're we're at the top of the last hour. And... Your champion has already come out. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Um, oh, yeah. We get more Crown Jewel hype after that. Let's see. Who? Who is on Team Hogan? Uh, looks like Ali and uh, Rusev were also on Team Hogan. So I don't know why one of them didn't come out to help save um, Ricochet earlier. That would have made way too much sense. 
Alright. Uh, we get an Alistair Black promo. Uh, for a face, he cuts a hell of a heel promo. Angry. Always asking who he's going to take the head off of someone. Who wants to fight. These are not face promos. Uh, it just... Why are we doing these promos? If you're just going to have him be a face, just have him come out, do his shit, get it done and over with. If you're doing these promos, book him as a goddamn heel. This isn't rocket science. You want to make people care. You want people to be invested somehow. Either you're invested in the face uh, beating the heel or you're invested in the heel getting his dues. Um, Either which way... Your face should not be cutting heel promos. You know, I don't want to see uh, Brock Lesnar come out there and talk about flowers and sunsets and kitty cats and be a big baby face and kiss up to the crowd and then go out there and do his heel shtick. Um, And it's the same way with faces. I don't want to see them come out and talk like they're badasses and how they're looking for a fight and this and that, they need to play up to the fan base. If you're not doing this on the mic, how the hell are you supposed to talk people into caring about the match? Uh, uh, This beats me. I have no idea. Um, uh, So we go through the rest of the pay-per-view that's supposed to be coming up. Strowman versus Fury. Mansoor versus Cesaro. And... uh, if they have Mansoor go over Cesaro at Crown Jewel, you might as well call Cesaro a jobber. He has been jobbing to everybody. And it is a tragedy that this is happening. Um, Fury Strowman, I don't know what the hell they're doing there. If Fury's getting this big of a paycheck, I, I don't know how he's going to lose. We are also getting a uh, largest tag team turmoil match uh, to determine the World Cup for the best tag team in the world. We have the teams of the B team, uh, Lucha House Party. Don't know if all three will be in there. Hawkins and uh, Zack Ryder. The New Day. Uh, We get the Revival. We get the OC. We get Ziggler and Rude. We get heavy machinery, and we have the Viking War Raider experience. Um, yeah, that's gonna happen. Uh, streaming live on WWE Network, it says. Uh, I'm assuming this is probably gonna be pre-show. Yeah. Uh, what's everybody think about that? Who's gonna win this? You know, this is uh. What, eight teams, nine teams? You got your champs in there. You got two champs in there. I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, you would think putting one of the, the champs over would be the best idea, but who knows what they have planned? Who knows? Why? Why just these teams? You know? Why ain't we got those uh, baseball player team from earlier that the War Raiders were fighting? Huh? No? We also have a 20-man battle royal. That will probably also be on the kickoff show. Uh, just to go through some of the names here, strange. Uh, we have Shelton Benjamin, Akira Tozawa, Tony Nese, uh, Titus O'Neil, Sin Cara, R-Truth, um, Eric Rowan, Mojo, one of the Sunils looks like uh, Apollo Cruz, Buddy Murphy, Adrade, um, Eric Young, Luke Harper, Cedric Alexander, Heath Slater, No Way Jose, Umberto Carrillo, uh, what's his name? Brian, whoever, uh, he ain't gonna win. Um, and the former 205 uh, GM. That dude. 
can't remember his name either at the moment. Uh, you know, I look at this and I'm just like, who, who would win? You know, and all honestly, uh, push wise recently, size wise, Eric Rowan should win. He should win, but we're not going to get Rowan versus AJ Styles. That just isn't going to happen. Um, you know, they're pushing like crazy for Umberto. Uh, he faces AJ later on Raw. But, you know, I mean, out of all these guys, Umberto makes the most sense to win. Um, because who else? Who else here are they going to do? Cedric maybe again? It's a possibility. I mean, they could do anybody, but all these faces are weak as hell. I wouldn't mind seeing Tony Nese versus AJ Styles. Um, you could do Cedric again. You could do Apollo Crews. But if I'm being honest and I was going to push somebody here, I would do Luke Harper. You talk about a moment to completely redo Luke Harper. Um, here's your chance. Bring him back out as the Luke Harper we know from before when he was probably the second most over guy on SmackDown. Bring him out like that. Have him be the last man in there. You could have Harper and Rowan square off at the finish, maybe. Um, But I have a feeling it'll be uh, Umberto Carrillo. Well, once again, whatever his name is, once again, walk out as as a challenger for AJ uh, at the kickoff show or at Crown Jewel. This is at the kickoff show. Um, I would love to see Luke Harper or Apollo Crews win it. My money's on Umberto to win. So let's see what else. So we finally get to our, you know, the supposed main event, I guess. It's at least the last match on the show. The OC comes out with AJ to new music. Um, and then we get Umberto Carrillo come out no longer in his Power Ranger outfit, which is a shame because that seemed to be the most over thing there was. You know, this kid is pretty good. I, I enjoy watching him. He's definitely an underdog. He's young. Uh, I don't know if I'd push him as strong as they pushed him these last two weeks, especially more or less main eventing two weeks in a row. But, um, you know, there's there's potential here. Looks like they're definitely going after uh, their Hispanic fan base, um, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, Of course, AJ walks out the winner. Uh, They do a nice little beatdown, and the Street Profits run out to make the save. So I'm assuming we'll get more on this sort of feuds. I don't know. To end Raw, we get the divorce court with Jerry the King Lawler with Rusev and Lana. And everybody really hates this storyline. Everybody loves Rusev. So the the whole thing with this part is Lana... Uh, is airing their dirty laundry, talking about Rusev only wants sex all the time, morning, noon, night, middle of the night, all the time. Um, Rusev just wants sex. Um, So we're kind of leering away from the uh, PG era, I I suppose. Um, And that's good and bad you know I mean I I feel like we just jumped from PG to Rusev just wants sex and um, you're not giving your your younger fans or the parents much time to transition there Um, especially when the rest of the show is fairly much the same as far as uh you know, rating wise, uh, and I mean, like, you know, what 
PG-13 and R whatever. Um, so just thought that was an interesting note. Um, this, this segment was cringeworthy, to be honest. And uh, I, th- I think it did a few things well. Uh, one, I-, I feel for Rusev. You know, obviously he just wants to save his marriage. At the same time, um, a few things popped in my head. Number one, where is Lana's accent? It only popped up when she said Rusev. Rusev. That's the only time it popped up. The rest of the time, she sounded like someone from Florida, which she is. But this whole time, this whole time, she's had this accent. And then now she's saying this sex ordeal, uh, which doesn't make any sense with what we've seen so far. And everybody, everybody on Twitter has been saying this. Um, I see lots of posts. Uh, you go from claiming Rusev knows nothing but sex, but then what we've seen so far is she's having sex with Lashley. And it's laughable. You know, I can't... It's There's so many holes in these storylines, and you're pushing this so hard, you would think that the people behind it would realize that Okay, you can't just come out and say, oh, let's say, oh, maybe, maybe Rusev's a sex addict and she doesn't want to be pregnant and she has all this stuff. And oh, yeah, that's great. So, so what's the obvious thing is that she's gone with Lashley. She believes Lashley. She goes with Lashley. And so she's having sex with Lashley. And it's like, well, you're, you're, you've built this up to this point and now you're changing the story. Um, so it's, there's issues here and there's reasons why people aren't into this and the idea of getting them into this because of cutting edge modern story storylines um, it's, it, it's not working because it doesn't make sense fans are smarter and your, your less smarter fans who aren't looking at this they're going to go online anyway and they're going to read Twitter they're going to read Facebook or whatever and they're going to read the smart fans who are going to ask these questions like, well, why is she sleeping with Lashley if she doesn't want to have sex with Rusev? And those fans are going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So all around, it doesn't make much sense. For me, storytelling-wise, it doesn't make sense anyway because Rusev was already mega over. Who does this help in the long run? Uh, I just, I really have to question this from top to bottom. Rusev has been over with the fans for years now. Um, Lashley is just dead weight, honestly. This is a moment that they should have taken to repackage Lashley. He comes out, he looks just the same. Um, you know, Lana's supposed to be this big fashion designer. And you mean tell me that boring Bob Lashley, she can't fix that up? You know, give me something here. You know, maybe Lashley needs long tights. Maybe he needs some other flashy look. If he's with a woman who is all about fashion, maybe he needs to look the part. Okay. Uh, Just having him come out in black tights just isn't cutting it for me right now for this storyline and whatnot. Um, the finish here is again quirky you know we see Lashley using the low blows and then they make out standing above Rusev who's watching this just holding his balls and uh, I would much rather than had knocked Rusev out if they're going to do that part this just seems I'll be honest, I don't know if this is Heyman or McMahon, but this has Vince written all over it. Um, and it's bad, it's quirky. You see Vince standing backstage, just laughing, and 
I love it. It's it's awful. Um, I will give the these these guys credit that man they they're doing the most with what they're given. Um, and I, I we're gonna get Lashley versus Rusev at some point, and the question I have is. Who's going to get anything out of this? Um, it, it reminds me of some stuff Heyman did back in ECW. But what's what's the plans? What is the end goal? You know, are we going to have Lana uh, with a stable? You know, is she going to start managing wrestlers? We're we going to have her her out there with a group of men or. Is Rusev and Lana going to get back together? You know, what's what's their idea here? Um, how's Lashley going to get over from any of this? You know, it's Lashley beating Rusev does what exactly? In my opinion, it doesn't do much of anything. So, again, I, I have to look at the end goal. Um. Uh, and that seems to be the biggest problem with Raw from top to bottom is what are your end goals? What am I supposed to be invested in here? So uh, I, I don't know. You know, as a fan and I'm looking at this show from top to bottom, what was I invested in the most? Uh, was it the heel turn by the already heel Kabuki Warriors? Which let me also just say... Jerry Lawler on commentary is awful. The commentary team in general uh, having to sell the green mist, uh, asking for like five minutes straight, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did this green mist come from? I guess like, you know, if you're a, a wrestling fan that's new to the product and you've lived under the rock and you haven't gone on YouTube Maybe you've never seen a mist before. Um, but to to have an announcer team act stupid like this, uh, let's just say even within WWE's own context, Tajiri not being a thing about being the green mist and stuff. Um, the great Muda, who's probably the most well-known that's used it. Um, and then his predecessor, of course, the Kabuki Warrior, which Lawler finally brings up um, after they're, they've been asking this for five or ten minutes. Where's the green must come from? Obviously, it came from Oscar's mouth. Really? Thanks, Jerry. That's great. Um, then one of the commentators say, well, the green mist comes from ninjutsu. Are you fucking kidding me? This is just stupid as hell. You you're insulting the fans' intelligence by having this shit-stocked preschool-type commentary. Um, it comes from ninjutsu, and it's handed down from generation to generation until Oscar uses it now. Get the fuck out of here. Um, it's awful. And then Lawler has to be like, I remember when the Kabuki warrior used it himself. Yeah, that's great. Weren't you just asking where did it come from, Jerry? So if you know where it came from, why are you... Ugh. It's just really poor commentary. Whoever is on the freaking earpiece in the back, I don't know if it's still Vince. It, who, I don't know. I don't know. But it's awful. The direction this company is going in is just pure shit. And people wonder why... Fans go, oh, you hating your WWE. And yeah, we are hating on WWE because it deserves it. You know, you're a multi-billion dollar company. You pay writers to come up with something on on Tuesday and Wednesday. And you expect by, by the end of the week, <clears throat> this stuff to be written out. And then you're on the road writers, finish it up. And you have two writing teams. And then you have a, a director of the shows. 
And then at the end of the day, what's put out is the shittiest soap opera that is imaginable. If soap operas can churn these shows out every week, all year long, you would think WWE would be able to do it now. And they hire soap opera writers. They hire comedian writers. Um, they hire all kinds of people from Hollywood. They hire fan, you know, these people that have been fans of wrestling. Uh, they hire them and they break them down. And then Vince and company don't listen to shit from these guys. So why hire them to begin with? Especially when you have uh, Vince and whoever just shitting the product together. Just like the the Lana and Rusev bit where it doesn't matter what's happened already. You're just rewriting it that week. You're already altering the past. And fans go, well, that doesn't make sense. That's why your product looks like shit. When you book something and there's just there's no payoff. That's why fans get pissed. You know? Would you if if by some chance you get invested in a character, they fuck it up. Just like with Eric Rowan. I'm I'm getting invested in him as a monster heel. And what's the payoff for it? What did he do this week that's that's gonna pay off in the long run? You know, nothing. Because let's let let's face it, after Crown Jewel, Seth Rollins retains, what's his next challenge? What are they gonna do? They could easily set that up with Eric Roman right now, even if it's just for a brief moment. No payoff this week. Eric Rowan basically looked like the old Eric Rowan of of all this time past. So what am I supposed to believe there? You know, he can beat Roman Reigns, but he can't beat Seth Rollins. All right. It's just there's there's no there's no been no build there's been no payoff there's no heat. Um, this was a show of just open ended awkwardness where nobody got over. Nobody. Nothing got over. If anything, people lost traction. If this was one of those text based games. Um, like PW or, or whatever, all of them are. Uh, the end of this feud, or you know, as the show goes on, everybody lost points. Everybody lost points this week. So, I don't know. I don't know what ratings were for Raw last night. Uh, I would expect that they're down. I expect they'll be down more next week. Uh, this does, did nothing to make me want to watch Crown Jewel. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's not looking good to me. Um, with that said, keep your eye out. Coming weeks, um, just John and myself are going to do some fantasy booking. Uh, we will probably you know, book out to WrestleMania. And uh, I imagine we'll, we'll either start from where we, you know, wherever we are at that moment or we'll start from the draft. So <clears throat> you'll, you'll get to see what we would do with this. And, of course, everybody, they say, is an armchair booker. But <clears throat> I have a feeling that just John and myself will be able to uh, book something that people would like to see. Yeah. So there is that. Um, <clears throat> this has been uh, Ringside Ramblings, you know, and uh, we like to try to try to discuss these shows. Uh, pre-thought, afterthought, new thing I've been doing. So <clears throat> this has been the Rawls pre-thought, post-thought. <clears throat> excuse me and um yeah that's that's where it is right now uh yeah i gotta say i was i was pretty let down with the show so 
Stay tuned. Oh, wrestling fans! We believe that psychology still matters. Storytelling should be consistent. Maybe that's why I'm a connoisseur of wrestling. Tweener is not an alignment. I don't want any part of it. Goodbye. Welcome to the fight against Marxism. This is the Square Circle Journal. And now, just John and the wrestling console, Sam Keelan.